Americas, live and underway here on ESPN Plus. Once again, from Qatar, as we take in the images of Albaid Stadium, where just moments ago, Costa Rica and Germany played in a six-goal thriller. The Germans coming out on top, four to two. A result that, combined with other results, will leave Costa Rica much like Mexico, eliminated from this tournament. Hercules Gomez, Sebi Salazar, what you wearing, bro? Uh, it's, uh, oh, Canada, my friends are gone, mm -hmm. officially. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had some Costa Rica gear. Yes. If somebody would send me some Costa Rica gear, I would gladly sport it. You know, they have, they have stores here. You go buy some. I wish somebody would send me some Costa Rica <laughs> gear. Uh, speaking of gear, can we just take a moment to... To really enjoy this, were they ever gonna wear it? Beautiful jersey. They didn't get to wear it in the World Cup. I mean, was it was it estaba en el presupuesto like to wear it? It was, was always. It, it, it gonna be programmed like Game Four. It was always was it? that the first three were gonna be in green, so you had to get out of the group phase to maybe see this beautiful shirt, which was Mexico's away. The kids. most it, beautiful uniform in this World Cup was not worn. I know that is a damn shame. Uh, it is a shame. Among the many uh, sad aspects to Mexico, uh, going oh, you're home gonna say of yours of earlier. Your uh, easy, steady, uh, <laughs> going home at this World Cup. we got a lot coming uh, up in the show. You are going to hear again from Christian Pulisic, who, as you saw there, was on the podium. We, of course, have more fallout from El Tri's uh, aforementioned elimination. Plus, we have a very special guest from ESPN Netherlands who's going to help us break down this showdown with the Dutch on Saturday for the U.S. men's national team. But let's dive right in on the CONCACAF action from today. As you mentioned, Canada, who were already eliminated, they lose against Morocco. But the big news, the team that had a chance, Costa Rica, they fall to Germany 4-2. Herc, the score might look bad for Los Ticos, but what a game. And, and for at least 60 minutes, what a performance. Well, it started off very shaky. Mm -hmm. So, full disclosure, I'm in a pick 'em with mm -hmm. a bunch of other, you know, medios, mm -hmm. guys around the press, Latin America, and I'm the only one who put a tie uh -huh. in this one. Mm -hmm. Now, I put 0-0. Zero, zero. So, I figured to myself, <laughs> Germany playing with all that pressure. Well, that, that was emotion, the script, right? That was the script. And the way Costa Rica, quite frankly, has been successful mm -hmm. in World Cup qualifying, and in any tournament, it's they defend well first. I saw this really being one of those pressure cooker moments when it was 0-0. First goal goes in. I, along with everybody else, thought Costa Rica's done. Ten minutes in, Serge Gnabry puts Germany up 1-0. And, yeah, you they're think done. it's over. And then you're watching the game progress, and you're like, they're not even attacking. Right. They're, it's going to be Spain all over block. again. Yeah, it's going to be Spain all over again. They're in a low block about 30 yards out from their goal. Joel Campbell and Venegas are too far apart. Mm -hmm. Anytime Joel Campbell has any inch of space uh, where he can get the ball, immediately – Three, four players, yeah. three, four German players around him uh, stifle the attack, and it comes back the other way. And then towards the end of the first half, they came to life. They came to life. Fuller should have scored. Great save from Neuer. No. 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 Fuller should have scored. It was a save from Neuer. No. But not a great save. You got to put that in the back of the net. Okay. You have to put that in the back of the net. Luis Fernando Suarez, as he's usually done throughout this tournament, mm -hmm. gets it wrong. There's another player in that position. And give credit to Fuller, I should say, yeah. for being in that position. But another player in that position puts it away. A Joel Campbell in that right. position. Hey, you're back in the game. Can I be honest? A few seconds later, Joel Campbell had a like three on two. And instead of running it, he cuts yeah, it back cuts on his left back. foot. He gets fouled, uh -huh. but he, he cuts it yeah. back. And real, I mean, it's Venegas on that side naked. I, I agree with you. That said, the heart. The testicular fortitude that I saw from Costa Rica today, where was that? Yeah. You play discipline. You, you don't think you they showed that against Japan? Crappy. Sure. Okay. Where was that versus Spain? Accidentes I, del fútbol. I told you I wasn't high on the Spanish team coming right, in. Right, right. I told you. Okay? Spain? 
They're lucky. Yep. They are fortunate because it was one moment yes. in this game for at least five minutes where both Germany and Spain out of the World Cup and it's Japan. My hat's off to my brothers. First place, Costa Rica going through second place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at one point, it looked like the big boys uh, were going out. It's the best we've seen from Costa Rica, right? Even if we, even if we count, you know, the fact that they lost yes. by two here, uh, yes. it's by and far the best. And this is why I'm so surprised. Listen, I understand Costa Rica had a very difficult group. I understand mm -hmm. this. But Costa Rica, what they showed in that second half of World Cup qualifying, Costa Rica, Costa Rica went winless in their first seven games of World Cup qualifying. First seven games of World Cup qualifying. Yeah. They ate seven in the first game of the World Cup. Why do you have to start this way? A nation with so much talent that has a clear ADN. Do they have DNA. so much talent? I mean, they Can did I to hurt the Germans. You can't tell me they don't have enough talent to compete. Now, why is Luis Fernando Suarez? Vargas is a center back who plays for Millonarios, who's one of the top three center backs in Colombia. And all of a sudden, only because Calvo is out with yellow cards, he comes in, finally comes in. Bennett is a promising player, but you start him the first game, he gets overwhelmed. Why was Joe Campbell playing on the right in the first game? Why wasn't he playing up top? Why was Fuller, why is Fuller at any moment the most advanced player as a winger? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of doubts there. Why does the team look better when you push certain players in, yet you keep going back to the well with other players. Why, when you need fresh legs in this tournament, it's Brian Ruiz? And the list goes on and on. Why is Waston your most experienced defender with a World Cup goal to his name, by the way, mm -hmm. okay, that he scored in Russia, and was instrumental in World Cup qualifying, and the first game you bench him? Why do you have this need to go back to the well with Duarte? I mean, there's so many mistakes that Luis Fernando Suarez himself made. Mm -hmm. Now, we've spoken about it with John Herdman, how he hurt his team against Croatia. We've spoken about it with Tata Martino, how he had the handcuffs for Mexico. Luis Fernando Suarez is of the same cloth. But you'll agree that Luis Fernando Suarez had the least to work with out of everybody else, right? In CONCACAF. Okay, and so? He's a, and he's a pot four team in this so? group. They were always going to be not just underdogs, but... So that means look you at the group. Germany, hamper your team Spain. with the tactics? Wouldn't well, that mean you're even more instrumental? Well, yes, to okay. some extent, right. But I'm wondering what tactics you would have him deploy. And here's why I ask. It's not just three teams that are better than you, right? It's three teams that can play, right? It's Japan, Germany, and Spain. Three teams that are going to boss the ball probably on you. What, what was the tact... Like, Okay, you, you're sitting down with Luis Fernando Suarez tomorrow. Like, what would you have told him to do? Not to defend, not to close himself up. No, Isn't that I, the only I, I way out of this group? I'm not. I mean, they, you 30 minutes from the end of the third game. You're asking me a question. Let I know, me let me, but let me finish it. 30 minutes from the end of the third game in a group, nobody gave them a chance to. You just said it. They were in the round of 16. You can't kill the coach for that. This game. Are we not going to talk about the first game? Because you're talking about the group. I understand that. I so understand you're asking that. me what could he have it's done total, better? It's personnel. Make smarter decisions for your team. What, you're saying the players that he brought, the players he left home, or the, or the guys he started? What is a it? Where are the decisions? Everything. A little bit of everything. Because today, it, before you're you... talking, I'm just, ask me a question, let me answer. Ask me a question, let me answer. First game, Brian Reese is your halftime sub mm -hmm. to freshen your team. Mm -hmm. Brian Reese is as old as I am. Mm -hmm. He starts Bennett, Joe Campbell on the wing, Contreras as a nine. Goes back to the well the second game with Contreras, okay? And then Joe Campbell. And how did that work out? Not when well. Joe, no, well, exactly, Oh, yes. against Japan. Yes. yes. I mean, did it really work out well? They got one shot on goal. They had three touches. In did the it really work out well? They won the game. Oh, they got hammered. They won the game. That win was an accidente de football just like the 7 nothing. They was. won the game. Mm -hmm. What do you mean did that work out well? 
Kirk, they You're got sitting shelled. here telling me they don't they have had, any talent, talent had, and then they won the game. They had one shot on goal that well? was a lucky deflection. They had three touches in the opposing penalty area. You, I know you're a Mexico is that, fan. So is that a tactical masterclass? So that's a tactical masterclass. Listen class. to what I'm going to ask you. Yeah. I know you're a Mexico fan. Mm -hmm. Would you take that win, that style, over Poland? Would I have taken a win over Poland playing that way? I'll take anything. Yeah, I'd take any type of win. But I'm not going to sit, but you can't sit here and say it was a tactical masterclass. No. If Japan finishes, that game's over. But you're sitting here telling me they don't have the talent level to complete with the rest of the teams in their group. So what do you do when you don't have the talent level? What you do you do? You shut it down. You throw 10 guys behind the you bus and you hope for the best. You do anything you can to even the playing field. And your coach not helping you if you don't have the talent. He should be more instrumental, right. Seb. That's what I'm saying. Okay, let's get into the how that they, they play then. Because we really criticized them after the first game for the score. Right? For, for, for what happened in that game. The performance. The, the performance score, leads say, to the score. I, think, I agree with you. There are accidentes del fútbol. Flukes, right? Flukes, like sometimes flukes. these things happen. You get yourself into an emotional hole. It's very difficult right. to... You go out partying the night before, etc. <laughs> so right. this is two. And Instagram. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, Seb, mm -hmm. is these things can happen in football. It's very easy to sit here and just jump on a team like Costa Rica who's 8-7 against Spain. It's very difficult in that moment when the world is watching and you get yourself into a hole to get out of it. They weren't able to get out of it. But would you agree? And I know it's CONCACAF, but what we saw during World Cup qualifying, that was not the same Costa Rica. The style right. of play, the grit, the fight, the mentality, and to an extent, the very important pieces that were on the field during that very successful World Cup qualifying second round campaign. Is there a difference then between a... Maybe not. United States is getting there. I think Mexico is very clearly there where fans don't just want results. They want to see a style of play. Do we give Costa Rica a pass on that? Do we acknowledge that they're at a different level than a Mexico? Because, I, or, or does Mexico not at that level where formas importan? That, like the way you do something matters. I don't want to con contradict myself. I know it's very difficult sometimes when we talk about certain teams and how they apply to right. them and how they don't yeah. apply to others. No, but, but if, it's different. If, Mexico no traiciona su estilo. If they don't, if uh, they don't betray their style, are, right. who they are against Argentina, this Argentina, I really feel they can compete with them. Right. I really felt this tournament they would have been able to compete right. with Argentina. They did that. Yeah. Now, they're a much more talented team player for player than Costa Rica. I think that's a fair assessment for anybody who, who knows the programs. Mm. Okay? Costa Rica doesn't have that player pool to dip into where they can play that way. Uh, and they it's don't have that not, style. It's really not with this coach, and they've not proven to have that style. But they're a team that has showed up and surprised during World Cups. And the most obvious would be 2014 when right. they were in the group right. of death. You right. had Italy, you Very had Uruguay, similar. and you had England. You had World Cup champions in your group, and you. And who got out of that group? Yeah, Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. Now, you could also say certain things influenced and factored in to the first 7-0, to the first game. Mm -hmm. Keylor Navas maybe not being sharp enough and... And when the rest of the team sees that he gives up a mistake or gives up a goal that way, it's just like not our night. It's not an afternoon. Right. This is bound to happen. But what I am telling you is for long stretches of this game versus Germany, I know Germany's got their own set of problems, but for this game versus Germany, they looked like the Costa Rica of old. Yeah. I guess I think you could play ugly as long as you get the results, right? And, right. Then, and then people look at the ugliness very differently. Had Mexico gotten a better result, we'd look at that ugliness differently. Had Costa Rica advanced, we would say maybe the negative soccer that they displayed was quite Can positive. Can I be honest as well yeah. as what we're seeing in this World Cup? Mm -hmm. You see that discipline being stingy, mm -hmm. athleticism, and atrevimiento, the mm -hmm. willingness to go forward, really hurts teams in this World Cup. Like, it really hurts a lot of teams in this World Cup if you can be vertical with speed. Yeah. Costa Rica, um, 
for their age, did quite well in an international football tournament, which you say is always for the young at heart. We had some history in this game as well. The first all-woman refereeing team at a World Cup, Stephanie Frappart, who's from France, led a group that featured Neo Zabac of Brazil and Karen Diaz. Uh, of Mexico, so congratulations to those women for the exceptional work. Did great. All right, let's get to... Did great. Let yeah. him play. Correct, correct. Uh, let's get to the other team from CONCACAF in action tonight, Canada, who are facing off against Morocco in Group F. Early start for the Moroccans. Hakim Ziyech getting on the board in the uh, fourth minute. And Nasiri doubling the lead in the 23rd to put Morocco up by a score of 2-0. Canada would respond getting a marker on the board, courtesy of an own goal in the 40th minute. Uh, but in the end, that was all the scoring that the game would see. Morocco ends up winning it, two to one. That result, coupled with a scoreless draw between Croatia and Belgium, uh, leaves Group F. Morocco first place, Croatia second, Belgium third, and Canada fourth. So for the World Cup then, Canada is 0 for three, two goals for, and seven goals against. Once again, they fall to Morocco by a final score of two to one. There you see though, the Canadians, more possession and more expected goals, but the only stat that matters, actual goals in Morocco uh, takes that by the minimum difference. All right, Herc. So that's 0 for three for Canada, who by the way, were the first place team in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. By we goal use, differential. Yes, we use the term fracaso quite yeah. a bit. Uh, I don't want to apply that to Canada because that's not their word. So I hit Jules up, who oh. speaks a little French. Is he Julian Canadian? Iran. He's French, but he you know, can help me with the language. Oh, okay. And I so say, so, so only in Montreal this will apply. What's the equivalent, right, of fracasso in French? Faillete. Do you want me to yes. help you out with that? You want to help me with that? You see the accent there? Faillete. Faillete. Okay. Great. Uh, brilliant. Uh, you did spend some time in Canada. Uh, so is it a fracasso or faillete? Yeah, it's, it's a fallete. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. um, not because I expected more of this team, but I think everybody... You expected more than 0 for 3. Yes. Maybe not to get out, but you expected more than 0 for 3. I expected them to beat Belgium. Mm -hmm. I expected them to get out. I'm going to be honest, when I saw this group. And they very well could have done that. What I didn't expect them was to come undone like mm -hmm. this. And, not, and literally, you can pinpoint different things of why they came undone. How naive this Canadian team was, and I'm a huge fan of yep. this program and John Herdman. Uh -huh. I am. And I've stated it many times in, in Football Americas. But how naive you are to come into this game. The first game, you play Belgium the, th the way I thought you'd play them and dominate them the way I didn't think you would dominate them. Mm -hmm. Off the park. And you're finishing, did you win? You missed penalty kick. That was finishing, okay? Hang your head on that performance. But there are no moral victories. The second game, John Herdman, who I said time and time again has had masterpieces, master classes in World Cup qualifying, mm -hmm. and then against Belgium. They just couldn't finish. Against Croatia, you give them bulletin board material, right. and then you get it wrong. Atiba Hutchinson, who is your man, he's your guy, he's going to be 40 in February. You're too late to take him off the field. They ran you ragged. They dominate you. 4-1 it ended up being? 4-1. What did he get wrong today? And today. Atiba Hutchinson didn't start. Mm -hmm. It was Holiet uh, in front of Osorio and Mark Anthony K. Kone, I would have gone with Kone yep. instead of Mark Anthony K. He went with Mark Anthony K. No problem. Individual mistakes by your experienced players. Victoria.
mm. on an errant back pass that Borjan should have, honestly. But he tries to play it out instead of clearing it. It's chips it. The easy one zero, and in the sec and then uh, before the second half starts, it it's another a through ball slow back line and another goalkeeping error on the second Moroccan finish. Uh, just too naive. Yeah, the first just goal. Just too naive. The first goal is like uh, blooper reel type stuff. Is that is the way a goal is conceded? Can that have a negative impact? It you. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, does it, absolutely. Do you think that's what happened today? Yes. And what is that? Is that on the manager? Is that on the leadership? Is that, do we say that on this everything. is an experienced team? On everything. If you're counting on players, and listen, he, he counted on Tiba Hutchinson. He counted on Vittoria, the goalkeeper boy on, because mm -hmm. they are veterans, because they did so well, because he trusts their leadership. And I'm not saying you take them all out, but when those type of players are the ones that miss, are the ones that create the airs, it, it sends a, a message to the teams, a sinking, you know, subliminal message that you're getting like oh no here we are again and that emotional paralysis can cost you against the best of teams morocco's gonna go out of this first place yeah they're a very good team and morocco let's give them credit everybody's like oh is that the same morocco the us beat 3-0 relax they won their group and it's the same morocco that in january had a 31 game unbeaten streak they're a very good team mm -hmm. they've not given up a goal before this uh own goal i don't know did they credit it on goal i don't know who it was yes credited. they credited on goal okay yeah. First goal in seven games they've given up. This is a very stingy Morocco team, very good Morocco team. It was always going to be a test. I thought they had a better chance versus Belgium. They proved it. And I thought if they would have been disciplined enough versus Croatia, they could have gotten something out of it. That wasn't the case. So, yes, this is a... Fayete? Uh, Fayete. We're you now equal that. El Salvador. <laughs> right. You now equal El Salvador with six World Cup matches, no wins. Mm. You're on par with Qatar for one of the worst performances on paper, in this tournament. Can we, can we put it a little into context, though? Like, this first World Cup in 36 years, could they have finished third in this group and we wouldn't have called it a fracaso? Like, if they get sure. one win but don't advance, with Mexico yes. and the U.S., it's very clear. Advance, success, don't, but failure. Canada had a little bit different bar here, didn't they? Forget about what they did against Croatia because it's very difficult to lose the first game the way you did, outperforming Belgium the way you did, yeah. and feel so good about your national team, so good about your program, but you're watching, and then lose the next game and you're out already. Mm. But if they would have been able to get a result versus a Morocco team, a very good Morocco team, that definitely changes the way you feel about this Canadian performance. You could say, you know what? You lost against Belgium. It's bad luck. You outplayed mm. them. You lost against Croatia. Okay. But the two performances sandwiched around Croatia, enough to hang your hat on. There are no moral victories, though. Yeah. But you should feel good about this Canadian program for making it to this World Cup, and you should feel good about the way that, or the direction this program is going heading into 2026. Uh, real quickly, let me ask you the same question that we posed about Costa Rica, because I think Costa Rica has a very clear identity. You know, they're going to hang back. You might say, I don't like it. It's not valid, but for them it works. Canada seemed to have an identity as well, did they maybe stick to that identity too much, especially in that second game against Croatia? Or do we say the opposite? Remember what we said with Mexico. You abandoned your identity in search of a result. I don't think they abandoned Well, the you identity. just called them naive, though. Yes. So is, isn't a, an experienced, not naive team then one that's willing to say, it's hey, maybe against Croatia we lock it down a little bit. It's maybe we naive don't to think that Atiba Hutchinson can start two straight games for you and give you the same physical output. So it's just down to, Herd, it's down to Herdman's personnel decisions more than tactics.
Well, it's also naive of a goalkeeper and to try to play it out of the back there instead of clearing it. Do you feel do you feel Canada abandoned what they do in no, this tournament? No, I, I don't. I feel they just had bad performances. I mean, they had bad performances from the goalkeeper. So is that a reflection? They had of bad performances from the coach. Right. I mean, it was just accumulation of bad performance. Bad performance from from. Alfonso Davies, your most one of yep. your most experienced players, the face of of your sport Came in, in your with country, an injury, right? I, we you never know, thought he was it's 100%. a reality. We love Alfonso Davies, but it's a penalty kick. It's your best chance to win the game. And after he misses the penalty kick, he didn't have a necessarily a great game, but he came back the next game and scored a goal. I get it, but he's a reason. One of the reasons you couldn't get a result in that first game. So it's naive on a lot of different levels, but it's also just bad performances. Now that's not abandoning. Your right. DNA. That's not abandoning your style. Is I just think it's just a bad performance. That the, that the best team in Concacaf went went 0 and 3, and and even yes. not abandoning their style why? got rocked. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because Concacaf is so inconsistent across the board. Right. That's why it's a reflection of Concacaf. Yeah. It's just so inconsistent across the board. You never know what you're going to get with some of these top teams, and that includes the U.S. That includes Mexico, who historically has been the top team, and it includes Canada today. Yeah. I wonder if we, you know, we'll probably look back on all of CONCACAF here and, and kind of rank where they are. I think it's moved from last time, right? Canada has, Canada at some point was second for you. They're not going to be second when we do that tally, are they? I mean, no, because of the sensations. So we, we are creatures of habit, and, and our memories are marked into our brain by how we feel, right? How we feel at that moment. And the sensation Canada left you was there should have been more. But that's not the sensation that the U.S. is leaving you right now. So, so no, they're not going to be penciled in as first. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, speaking of the U.S. men's national team, let's talk about Team USA, who trained today behind closed doors at their home throughout the World Cup so far, Al Garaja Stadium. We also found out, by the way, what jerseys they'll be wearing on Saturday. It's not the Blues. Uh, it is the Whites, but it is on Saturday. Well, they'll be facing off against Netherlands in the round of 16. Couple guys at the podium today. Among them, Christian Pulisic. Let's hear from the American superstar. Honestly, this team uh, helps me so much um, to, to take the pressure off of me, honestly. Um, more so, a couple of years ago, I f there were times where maybe I felt like I needed to do more, but with these guys, I don't feel that way at all, to be honest. Um, I know they have my back. I know when I 
went down and, and I see Brendan running on the pitch, <laughs> you know, I'm not worried at all because I know these guys, um, I mean, you see the talent, you see the work that they put in and just the unity of this group is what makes it special and takes any pressure that there might be off of me. A lot of talk is about that Landon goal against Algeria and now you had your moment, your first big moment. How do you feel about that? It feels great to score in a World Cup. Um, Timmy knows what that's like. Um, I think uh, I'm hoping I haven't had that moment yet, to be honest. I'm hoping it's in front of me. So it feels great to be where we're at right now, but uh, there's still more to come. All right, Herc, good to hear from Christian Pulisic. Good to hear that he's feeling much better uh, as well. Through three games, how would you rate his performance? He's been outstanding. Um, one of the questions I had about Christian Pulisic, excuse me, one of the questions I had about Christian Pulisic coming into this tournament wasn't so much his play, was his psyche. Mm. He's not starting at Chelsea. He's just done a book deal. Excerpts of that book came out where he criticized Thomas Tuchel. New coach comes in and Graham Potter asked about those comments, not playing under Graham Potter, even when he scores a goal, and you wonder where is he at? Mm -hmm. Where is his psyche at? Question's been answered. Question's been answered. He's used, as he's done multiple times, the U.S. men's national team as that refresher, that escape from that reality. And you and I, you and I were on the metro here, the subway. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a young man next, sitting next to us. Notice we were speaking Spanish and English pretty fluently. Asked us where we're from. Excuse me, I don't mean to pry. Where are you from? Got to talking to him. Where are you from? I'm from India. He's a Brazil fan. Yeah. We got into this conversation, and he goes, how about you guys? Oh, United States. And he goes, oh, Christian Pulisic. Mm -hmm. I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. And this stuck with me. He goes, he doesn't like Chelsea as much as he likes the United States. Mm. I'm like, why do you say that? He goes, I follow this kid on Instagram. Hardly post anything about Chelsea. But when he's with the U.S., it's everything U.S. say. Mm. And it got me thinking, well, why would you do that if you're Christian Pulisic? Right, right. Because that is a refresher. That is something you look forward to doing. He actually enjoys being out here with these boys. He enjoys playing for the U.S. men's national team. He enjoys being on the field. You, and look at the numbers. Yeah, they prove it as well. Do you worry about that for his club career, that he might get labeled as a national team star who does it at that level but, but can't? you know, replicate it week in, week out at clubs. So there's, a, there's an evident, at least in our world, uh, comparison to that. It's Edu Vargas. Yes. Who was yes. a player at Tigres, who played in the Bundesliga, yeah. uh, who played in La Liga. Oh, when uh, he put me, on Chile's shirt, man, but unbelievable. Unbelievable goals, unbelievable player for his national team, but for whatever reason, inconsistent at the club. Well, I don't think Christian Pulisic is that quite inconsistent. Okay. He's got big games under his belt. I think Christian Pulisic needs to be loved. He needs to feel valued, and you will get the best out of him. I don't feel that situation is Chelsea. So uh, just an update on him. He is day-to-day -day with that uh, pelvic contusion. Josh Sargent also listed uh, as day-to-day -day with the ankle injury. A couple stats here that uh, our crack researcher Alejandro Berry came up with. Pulisic right now is fifth in fouls suffered per 90 minutes, not on the U.S. team, in the entire tournament. He's sixth in through balls completed per 90 minutes. So there's some stats to back up just how good he's looked. I also think I love the answer from him about pressure. It's genuine. It seems like he no longer feels like the guy who has to do it all. You overslept. You weren't here for the DeMarcus Beasley interview. <clears throat> but DeMarcus Beasley, when I asked him about Christian Pulisic, that's the one he, thing he said. He's yeah. 
I just hope he doesn't try to do too much. Mm -hmm. That's been the issue with Christian Pulisic. He tries to do too much, and I think he's embracing his role now. He's embracing how everybody else has his back. Okay, uh, so the memes about Christian Pulisic have been blowing up over the last, I would say, really 48 hours, right? As the internet takes over. Of course, everybody saw him in that hospital bed. You love this one, Herc. Oh, give him credit. That was the Galaxy. You got to give him credit. The Galaxy, my Los Angeles Galaxy, uh, put out that, you know what year that Ronaldo one was? Uh, this one we had to uh, blur out, uh, but Pulisic, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of, of guts, uh, is what they say about the kid, uh, of course. He went into Thanos meme mode. Fine, I'll do it myself. Is that hey, what uh, he sounds like, Seb? Exactly what he sounds like. I did that on SportsCenter, too. I don't did you really? It. Yes. Oh, how embarrassing. What is this? This is a Spider-Man meme. Carefully, he's a hero. Yeah, this is what we all felt when they uh, when they got the gurney out for him, the stretcher. Hey, you know what Christian Pulisic's favorite Christmas movie is? Ah, uh, look at that. What is it? The Nutcracker. Hey! He's hey got that dog in him. Uh, that's what they say about Pulley, who, of course, got the uh, game-winning goal and paid the price against Iran. Of course, as we mentioned, Saturday's opponent, Netherlands, who won Group A on seven points. Unlike the U.S., it seems like they've come through the first three games pretty much unscathed physically. Reports today indicating the team is almost fully fit. Let's hear more from a couple members of the Dutch contingent. Yeah, of course, we discussed uh, a plan, but I cannot tell you the plan, of course, now. Uh, don't be stupid. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, everyone knows that he uh, is a good player. And, uh, yeah, we have uh, also good defenders. Um, but, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, one of the best players uh, of the USA. Well, the USA is, uh, is defending very, very well. Um, they didn't concede, so some, you do something good for sure. Um, yeah, we, we analyze it and we think we have the, the opportunities and the possibilities to, to score uh, also without a set piece. Well, I already played a few times against uh, McKenny uh, in Italy and that, that always have been battles um, because he's, he's, he's a runner, he, he has a lot of energy. But I look forward to it because I think I'm also an energetic guy who likes to run a lot. So it will be nice battles. Um, but also the rest of the midfield. But uh, I just explained in, in Dutch that we as a team have, have to try to uh, uh, come at least or not so much in the duels um, and to play play around them. And uh, that will be fundamental. All right. For more on this Dutch team, we welcome in our colleague from ESPN Netherlands, Pascal Kamperman. Pascal, great to have you with us. Thanks for making some Thanks time. Thanks for having me, Pascal. Thanks. So nice to we've meet been you. we've been looking forward to this matchup ever since the U.S. Yeah. got through. And one of the things that we've been saying is, hey, if there was ever a time to face the Dutch in a knockout round, it's now. Now is the time. Are, are we being a little bit too carried away? How how do you see this team as it compares to Dutch teams of the past? Uh, if you ask me personally, I think it's. 50-50 maybe. Okay. Yeah, because uh, um, well, they did they did struggle a bit in the group stage, and they didn't play with a high energy. It was a little bit boring, mm -hmm. if you ask me personally. And I think most people in Holland will say the same. So, it's not the best team at the moment, and we have to see if they can switch it, or if they can do better. 
Pascal, when you say it's not the best team at the moment, is that because as a nation you think your team should play with a certain DNA and maybe they're playing a little bit more defensively? Yeah. Of course, there's a lot of discussion going on because uh, normally we play in a 4-3-3. Right. Well, that's old school Dutch right. football. Yeah. Um, Louis Vergaal always said, well, when he starts um, more than one year ago, in my opinion, he said uh, the best chance to win the World Cup is to play in a one. He always mm -hmm. the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. One, one, three, four, three. Okay. So that's... In the beginning, he started when he take over from uh, Ronald Koeman. He said, well, the, the time was too short to change it. And he asked the players and they said, well, we like to play 4-3-3. Mm -hmm. So the, it was in the qualification. And uh, after that, he said, well, I'm convinced I'm going to uh, change the system, tactical plan in a 1-3-4-3. Three, three. Hmm. And there's a lot of discussion in Holland, a lot of discussion uh, also with other coaches, um, but yeah, Louis Vergaal is Louis Vergaal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could be on a bumper sticker somewhere, Louis <laughs> Vergaal. Uh, yeah, Louis as Van a United Gaal. fan. Yeah, everyone can say everything, but <laughs> Louis Vergaal will don't change his mind. Yeah. When we look at kind of the players on this team, how do they compare to the greats from 2010, 2014, even from when we were yeah. growing up, like 98? Yeah. It just seems like it's a... Burkamp. It's yeah. a lower quality. Like, there's a, there's a Van Dyke, but yeah. there's not there's not six or seven world superstars. There's maybe no. two. Maybe there's only one Van Dyke. And, and, and the defender is one of the biggest players. Yes. Frankie the Young and Van Dyke yeah. are probably the right. two, like, elite players that buy, maybe you would yeah, put but there. They are not like uh, Robbie van Persie. Yeah, of course, or yes. Robber or whatever. But... Louis Vergaal, again, says uh, the last weeks, this team is better than the squad was in 2014. I heard that. When they finished third, how yeah. is, do, is anybody were, believing well, him? Okay. okay. Are, you, are, you really, are you right? Uh, do, you, do you really think so? Yes, he said, this team is better. Mm. Um, maybe in 2014, they had some more uh, individual quality. Mm -hmm. For example, Arjen Robben, Robin van Persie, Wesley Schneider. But this team... The whole squad is better than the squad of 2014. Okay, well, let's talk. I'm not really sure about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some of those players. One player I'm very interested in, because he started the first game uh, of the World Cup, is Vincent Jansen. Vincent yeah. Jansen is a known you know name. Well. In our, yes, yeah. he played in Liga MX for Monterrey. Uh, wasn't necessarily successful, but now he's the starting nine yeah. for. <laughs> well, the he, Netherlands in the first game of the World what's Cup. What's the reaction to Vincent Janssen being back in the team? Everyone was surprised in Holland. Everyone was surprised because, uh, well, maybe it has also to do we didn't see him playing so many times mm -hmm. when he was in Mexico, of course. It's not on the Dutch television uh, very often. But the first time he was in the squad, in the Dutch squad, was 2016, 2017. He was very, he was doing very well. Okay. Every ball touch was okay, was good. He scored many times. After that, uh, he made a big transfer mm -hmm. to Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. And then it went down. Hmm. Uh, then he went to Mexico. Um, and Belgium. In Belgium. Yeah. Now, now he, in Belgium, he's doing well. Mm -hmm. He scored eight or nine goals, Antwerp, I think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But he also, he, he always stayed in close contact with uh, assistant coach uh, Danny Blind. And Louis Vergaal said, well, I'm looking for, always looking for a type like Vincent Janssen. Mm. Not, not specifically Vincent Janssen, but a kind of striker he is. A profile, no? Right, yeah, a, physical, exactly. a physical striker. Yeah, exactly. And, well, suddenly, <laughs> last summer, there was Vincent Janssen <laughs> again back in the Dutch national team. 
You didn't think and he would have this much of a role, though, no. did you? I mean, starting no. the first game? No, no, no. But but he, he, he did play this summer in the UEFA Nations League. He did well, quite good. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, uh, Memphis is uh, not completely back from his injury. So, But Vincent Johnson was starting the uh, first game. No, I didn't expect. Well, no, it's not true. Uh, I have to be uh, careful because uh, Louis Vergaal said just one week before this tournament, Vincent Johnson is my backup for Memphis. Hmm. Correct. Okay. So if Memphis can't start, Vincent Johnson will play. I want to ask you about a couple different players, but I want to touch on something that you mentioned before. You said this Dutch team was boring. Um, yeah. So we have this discussion all the time, especially when we talk about Mexico. It's not just enough to win or advance in some cultures. It's how you play. What's been the response of the Dutch people to the way that this team is playing, and, and how important is that back home? Do people like do people just want results, or is yeah. it or no. is how they do it? Does yeah, that matter? Exactly. That, of course, you can say the results are good. They are uh, finishing one in the, in the group. Yeah, undefeated. In a, in undefeated round of 16. So, okay. Uh, for example, Martin Rhone today said on the press conference. Well, in Italy, it's a di different culture, of course. They say it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, results right, are good. They like to defend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but in Holland, well, uh, like I said, a lot of people. There's a lot of criticism right now, and, and a lot of people think it's boring, and they, they even don't watch the games anymore. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not watching the World Cup because the team is because the team is the boring. The, fir the first game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, but that tells you the expectation. Right, exactly. That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first game was. Uh, I don't, don't know exactly how many people right. did watch the game, but it was on a very high level. Uh, the third game was much, mm. much, wow. much, much lower. Let's talk tactically. You've covered the uh, Netherlands, the Dutch national team, for for a long time. What type of team? hurts this team? What type of profile of team, style of play hurts them? Well, Louis Vergaal uh, and, and the team, they know very well that, and they are aware of teams like USA and Australia when they put a lot of effort in it and, and, and on a high energy, high uh, fighting, good fighting spirit. That's exactly what they miss themselves at the moment, I think. And uh, they have to switch it. But in my opinion, it's very hard to change it in two, three days. Right. Yeah. They they played three games now in a row in the group stage. We, 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 we in Holland we call it walking football. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he in dark plays. They just right. walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they just just on the pitch and they move the ball a little bit, but that's it. And uh, well, if you have to change it in three, two or three days uh, to beat a team like USA or Australia or whatever, I th in my opinion, it's very hard. When you look at the eleven. Where are the weaknesses for you? Who are the players that you have doubts about? What positions? Well, they are they are pretty solid at the back, I think. Okay. Um, it's it's hard to beat the Netherlands. Uh, they didn't lose a game uh, for a long time uh, now. So, uh, of course, defenders like Virgil van Dijk, uh, Nathan Ake is is doing mm -hmm. very well at the moment. Uh, so that that's okay. Uh, in midfield. They are still struggling and, and finding the right balance with Frankie de Jong, of course, always playing. But the player next to him, it's it's always different. And, uh, well, up front, Cody Gakpo is doing very well. He's doing well. very well. Yeah. Three goals. Uh, Man, I've been pronouncing that wrong. Gakpo. Gakpo. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I won't say how I said it. What did you say? <laughs> Gakpo. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, say it again. Say it again. 
Gakpo. 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 Okay. Gakpo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's doing very well. Yeah, Memphis, we, we don't know right now how good he is at the moment mm -hmm. uh, because he's back from an injury and uh, he did play half an hour, he did play 45 minutes, he did play uh, 60 minutes. Maybe he can play for a whole game right now, but he's not the Memphis we know from yeah, right. before his injury. So Okay. If the Netherlands are to be successful, how will they do it? What are their strengths? Um, like I said, in, in the back they are very solid. Um, and, and if they can put some more energy in the game and, 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 put, and, and have a, a, more, a little bit more uh, fighting spirit, mm -hmm. yeah, then, then they are okay, I think. We know that the, the U.S. will be full of fighting spirit, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly. what the thing the Americans bring. What is the perception from your colleagues in the Dutch press about this matchup and kind of the U.S. team? What well, do they think they know about the U.S.? Well, we, we always are a little bit pessimistic, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty, man. I love it. <laughs> Most of them say... Well, Even against the Americans, you're pessimistic? Yeah, or realistic. Okay. Uh, well, m most of them... I think if they are honest, they think they will go home on... Really? Saturday. Really? Uh, yeah. Let me ask you really quick. Cause I, sorry, sorry. Is that the press or the fans or, or both? Both. Okay. Really? Yeah. That, and that's what I wanted to get to. Wow. Uh, the group game against Ecuador, yep. for example. Well, what, was it, what was the reaction after that? Because yeah. I, I see... They turned off their TVs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That yeah, ended up being I a 2-2 two, 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 two game. Really. There are, I think there are a lot of people in Holland who switched off the TV or did something else. Mm -hmm. Read a book or something like that. So they're really not confident about this game on Saturday. No, well, maybe the, the, the game against Qatar was a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But okay, it was Qatar. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, and like I said, now they have to uh, switch... Uh, the the style and 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 put in more more energy in the, into the game and, and well a lot of people think that's not possible you, to do it. Here. One of the things that he always points out on this show is especially in this World Cup, right, where you don't have maybe that month to be together as a yeah. team and train like that the form that you carry into the tournament. So give us a kind of form update. Where yeah. are the Dutch players? As, I, as I was they enter discussing it with my colleague because uh, today it was a very bad day for Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, Belgium out, Germany mm -hmm. out. Well, I don't know who's the next, but... Uh, <laughs> and maybe that does have some influence because uh, they are full in the national leagues. Uh, it costs them a lot of energy. Uh, first couple of months, they do have only interesting one week for preparation for this tournament. Uh, like uh, I told you before, the, the Dutch uh, players did play on Sunday. Like five of the starters yesterday are Ajax. Exactly, yeah. they did play on Sunday. They uh, had a very bad weeks uh, with Ajax in in the national league. Uh, on Monday they were together with the national team. Team on Tuesday they f they take a, took a plane to uh, to Doha. So that's not a real good preparation, I think. And uh, Louis Vergaal always said, well, that's, that will be the most difficult part of this tournament. Uh, when he was the coach in 2014, he had five weeks, I think, or maybe six, to prepare the team for the World Cup. And that's what he is good at. Uh, to prepare a team and to uh, tell the players what he suspect uh, expect, expect from them and and w what they have to do mm -hmm. in the game but now he does only have one week
You know, one of the better players for the U.S. men's national team in this tournament has been Serginho Dest. And yep. one of the big criticisms of Serginho Dest was his ability to defend because he's very good going forward, but he wasn't defending very well. He's been very, very good. He was a player that was on, on the Netherlands' radar mm -hmm. with yep. Koeman. Uh, what is the perception of Dest and maybe was there talk about you losing him? Yeah, well, the, the, at that moment, I think there were many more players who are on the radar. Uh, also, players with uh, uh, Moroccan uh, heritage. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, and at that moment at Ajax, well, maybe they were thinking about him, but he was not real so. Uh, on the radar that, that they will say, well... He kind of came out of nowhere at Ajax, isn't that correct? Like, there was a time where I feel like he was second or third in, like, even yeah, the exactly. academy setup, yeah. and next but thing it, you know, he's starting every day for Ajax. It was cool, yeah. and it was really yeah. interested in them. Yeah, but, but uh, well, everyone was surprised, I think, that the, the, the steps he made and the mm -hmm. development he went through uh, afterward. So, at that moment, well, okay, maybe he... he he, sh he should play for the Netherlands once, but, well, right. not everyone was very sure about it. Do you think, had he chosen the Netherlands, do you think he would have made this squad? No. No? Not, no. Even, the, not even the 26 man? Whoa. Uh, well, maybe. 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 But, but no guarantees. <laughs> no, no, no guarantees. guarantees. And he's no. starting and playing every minute for the every U.S. Yeah. Single minute. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. in my Almost opinion, he did... He did, he did you made the right choice. Uh, there's one more thing I want to ask you about, kind of players that you may have an yep. eye on. Uh, Ricardo Pepe yeah. is a guy that we've talked a lot about because we thought he would be here. He, he makes the move so to... So did I. How do I say it? And so did he self. Groningen? Groningen. He makes the move to Groningen. And he does really, really well. I mean, he, as Greg Berhalter said, we think he can dominate. And for yeah. the little time he was there, he seemed to be dominating. I spoke to him. I think it was... 1st of October, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, he scored against AZ, I think, that it was that game. And I spoke to him afterwards, and I was talking about, uh, well, will, will you be in the, in the squad for the World Cup or not? And he was really convinced he could make it into the squad, mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, well, if I can do uh, more things like this, uh, well, then I will be in the squad. And he, he, he was full of confidence at that moment. Um, they had some troubles at Groningen with with the coach, and and they, he, he he was switching uh, a lot of times, so uh, that was not not for him. I think the best time, and maybe that's why he's not in the, in the spot right now. The coach now. is gone, right? They're yeah, looking for a coach. Look, they're lo still looking for a coach. <laughs> yeah, they they start the preparation for the second part of the uh, the league, but they don't have a coach at the moment. Mm. So Pascal? maybe one of you guys. Yeah, one of us. <laughs> Him, uh, not me. I want to get your reaction on something. Um, we spoke to Greg Berhalter when they announced the roster in Brooklyn, and one of the reasons he gave us for Ricardo Pepe not being on the roster was the, uh, the profile of league he plays in. It's not a very physical league. Yeah. Is that he, fair? Here we, uh, I want to get your reaction on that. And yeah. here we are about <laughs> to play yeah. Netherlands yeah. in the next round. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it, if you compare the Dutch league to a Premier League or championship, a championship, or yes. it, yeah, uh, championship, and even the Bundesliga, I think. Of course, it's not the most physical league in mm -hmm. in Europe, and and 
like, like we said, um, uh, we do more like uh, uh, a technical part of mm -hmm. the game and, yes. and, and, and tactical and yeah, technical. Yes. Techni technical and tactical, exactly. So maybe he's right uh, about that. And maybe that's also the reason why the Netherlands are struggling right now because physically. Do you see that in this World Cup? The, the physical teams yeah, who are fast, so. they're creating a lot of problems yeah. in this World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so maybe that's that's also the reason why they are struggling in the group stage. And well, we have to see uh, what it will bring on, on on Saturday. But yeah, real quick, uh, just to, to kind of wrap that that thought up. When we think about this Dutch league, we've seen a lot of players from our part of the world, United States, yep. Mexico, Concacaf, have success there. Is that why? Is that why the Dutch league looks so much for those players because they bring something that exactly. that you don't have? For sure, for sure. Um, when you look to Ajax, or you, you, can, you can pick a team you like, um, they always say, well, we like players, uh, well, Ajax did, for example, with, with Tagliafico, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. uh, Jorge Sanchez, yes, Edson Alvarez, yeah, the Mexican exactly. players now. Only because of the fighting spirit and... Mm. and, and, and Interesting. Yeah. All right, well, we got to let you go, Pascal. Great to have you with us here on Football Americas. We'll yep. do it again. My man, thank um, you. Thank really you. a pleasure, thank and uh, your insight is invaluable to our audience. We're never going to get a breakdown Thanks uh, better than what we just got on the Dutch team. Let's take a look then at the bracket, and specifically the side of the bracket where the U.S. are in. It'll be the U.S. against Netherlands on Saturday. Winner will go on to the quarterfinals in a potential showdown with either Argentina or Australia. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. There we have it. The fiery fallout continues as Mexico is out of the World Cup at the group phase for the first time since 1978. Gerardo Tata Martino confirming last night that his contract was indeed up at the end of the World Cup. One of his last quotes as manager of Mexico, quote, I am responsible for this failure. He even used the word fracaso. Tata Martino, his era in charge of El Tri, coming to an end with Mexico eliminated from the World Cup. Tata was not the only one talking after the disappointing win over Saudi Arabia, which in the end was not enough. No, Mexico's goalkeeper speaking as well. Memo Choa, who had this to say. For one bad result, you don't stop the good things you're doing. There are things to improve clearly, but for one mistake, you don't end a cycle and start from scratch. All right, Herc. 
We've you guess you we've used get lost on a lot of people on this show. Are we about to tell San Memo or uh, San Memo, as Chad Ochocinco would call him, to get lost? It hurts, but you have to. Really? Yeah. What's the what's the message here? Shouldn't he be preaching the opposite? Well, if you blow it up and start from scratch, that means everybody of a certain age is out, and Sun Memo's looking for his sixth World Cup. He's made that very clear. So it's self-preservation. Maybe a little. Okay. Um, he did actually say that in the mix zone last night. They asked him directly. He said, yeah, I want to come back for sixth. It's not one mistake. Where am I at? Right here? Right here? <laughs> it's not one mistake, Memo. It's not just one game. It's not just one bad tournament. It's not even just one bad World Cup cycle. Not even a bad 18 months or that the pandemic hurts you. This is finally boiling over. The heirs of Mexican football, Mexican soccer, are finally coming to a head. Mm. One TV network managing the interest of a league, a closed system, is finally coming to a head. The not playing certain players because of all these foreign players that play in your league mm. is coming to a head. Why is it Mexico can be world champions at an under-17 level, a gold medal in a U23 tournament, mm -hmm. and a bronze level of medal, excuse me, in another U23 tournament, I'm talking about the Olympics. Yep. And these players don't graduate into being consistent players above 18 years of age. In Mexican football, mm -hmm. why is it you don't sell these players abroad? And why is it when you try to sell these players, it's a 26-year-old Rodolfo Pizarro that you're asking for 18 million for. Yeah. To send him to MLS? To send him to MLS. It's not just one mistake, mm. one bad game. Set. It's structural. It's, it's structural. One bad tournament? Sure. But the, the mistakes, the errors, mm -hmm. the constant looking away for financial interest. I think that's it. The priority, the priority is not deep. sporting, it is financial. And Memo talked about this as well. One of his other interesting quotes from last night is he said, I hope in the future we can play in Copa Asia, Copa America, and not Los Moleros, the friendly games that He's mean right. nothing in the United He's States. Right. He is right. but Especially now. What do you mean especially now? Well, you're not going to have World Cup qualifiers. Right. Okay, you're saying for the next cycle, right? Yes. What I'm, what I'm bitter about is Memo is not a Memo is not a rookie here, right? He's he's 37 years old. He's an experienced veteran. His five World Cups. If anybody, if anybody in the Mexican camp, now that Chicharito's gone, had the position, the status to stand up for the players for the what Mexican quo. football needed yeah. and say to the federation, say to the bosses, say to whoever, hey, I don't want to play in Los Moleros because it's not going to help us at the World Cup. We need to be in Copa Asia. We need to be in Copa America. You should have been saying that a year ago. You should have been saying that two years ago. You know what? Memo's been around for a decade. He should have been saying that a decade ago. Instead, now he says it in hindsight while he's taking the money on all of those trips. No, 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 no. To me, if this is a real problem, he had to say it a long time ago. But I agree with the sentiment. These moleros are damaging to Mexican soccer, and it is maybe the most evident proof of money matters more than sport for the FMF. And Liga Mekis. I could understand Memo not saying something. Mm -hmm. You're an employee is what you pretty much are. I could understand that. Save the self-righteousness that people are going to throw out there. It's for the betterment of the sport. I could understand Memo not saying it. Well, then don't say it now. Don't say it now. Don't Because now it seems and, like and, an excuse. And, and, they and, made us and do and this. That's about why we don't lost. Don't say it now. Don't try to save face and say, it's all good. Mm -hmm. It was just a bad snapshot of time. Yeah. 
this is great. We are still great. Everything is fine. Introduce the meme here where everything's burning around you. <laughs> I feel like somebody's going to Photoshop that uh, immediately. All right, so Memo's quote, not the only interesting one from last night. Data's quote, uh, of course, getting some run. This Luis Chavez quote, though, to me is probably the most important and the most damning on the manager. In the second game, obviously against Argentina, we didn't understand what Tata wanted us to do. We didn't understand the setup. We defended well for a period of time, but we did not create any chances. So goals couldn't be scored, and we ended up losing that game. Effectively, what he's saying is that we couldn't score, and you can't win playing like that. Whew. So Whew. there are one of two ways you can go with this message. Okay. Bear with me, okay? Just for You're for saying a that second. a lot at this World For a Cup. second, just bear with me. Either he's saying it because he's defending Tata, like we players didn't huh. understand. Wow, I did not interpret it that way. Or he's taking a shot at Tata. What were we doing in that game? Yeah. Why did you put us that way? Either way, you're the head coach, and that's a terrible look. Yeah. Luis Chavez is one of the best individuals I've met while playing. When he was a U-20 player, when I was at Cholos, he was a stand-up individual, very talented player. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy who takes shots. Mm. But when the message isn't clear, right. that should tell you something. When the message isn't clear on whether you have to defend or attack, in the biggest of stages, mm -hmm. that tells you a lot about the coaching in that moment. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you look at everybody else in the room and you're like, what is he doing? What yes, are we doing? Of course. As a player, what can of you do course. and how do you feel in that moment? Well, uh, hold on. Like, can you adjust it? Can you, can you overcome a You can try to adjust mistakes? as much as you can on the field amongst yourselves, but you're not making the subs. Right. You're not picking the 11. You're not picking the formation. You're not picking the set-piece duties, etc., etc. Your hands are tied to an extent. If it was already difficult to play against an Argentina with Messi, an Argentina with Martinez, an Argentina with Enzo Fernandez coming off the bench, what do you think it's going to be like when you're sure. hampered, when you're literally handcuffed into a certain style and formation? Right. And psychologically, when you see the lineup and it says, we are going to attack, you get psyched it's up for that. It's a kick to the politics. When you, when you see it, we are set up to defend, it's obviously going to take you down a notch. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time to check the mentions here on Football Americas because we are running out of time here in the capital of Qatar. So let's get to it. The first question comes, of course, from Twitter. We'll be taking your queries throughout the tournament. Okay. And uh, this one has to do with CONCACAF. Ah, the old rankings question from Alfredo. Could you rank CONCACAF teams after the group stage? We kind of previewed this a little bit earlier in the show. What you got? 
Oh, man. U.S.? Number one is obvious. No questions asked. Yes. Number yeah. one is the U.S. Oh, my goodness. Throw a bomb on everything else. Are you going to have everybody else T4? <laughs> Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada. Really? And the only reason I gave Costa Rica that 2A instead of 2B yeah. is because they did it against better competition. They, they, they left me with a sensation, a better sensation against better competition. They shipped 11 goals. Yeah, they beat, the, they beat the number one team in the group. They shipped 11 goals. Okay. They finished with fewer points Rank than em. Mexico. Rank them. Right, USA, Mexico, Costa Rica, Canada. Why would you put Mexico in front of Costa Rica? Because they got four points instead of three. Because they didn't ship 11. That's it? Yeah. What more do you How want? they play? What, you what more do you playing? want? I, they played better than Costa Rica. I don't know about that. Yeah. Please. I don't know about Please. that. Please. Come on. Come on. I mean, at least they, You argue with me about everything. Mexico didn't play how they play. The sky is blue. It's red. Uh, all right. Our next question here on Check Dimensions. Because I'm the host, he said in infamy. Ah, this is, this is from our good friends over at Bayer Leverkusen, who as soon as the game was over last night, her, tweeted a little hello to Luis Chavez. Now, we were talking the other day, literally yesterday, about Luis Chavez, and you said he would be perfect for Spanish football, if this is indeed un coqueteo, a little flirting. Oh, Leverkusen plays like Spanish football. Well, I think there's a lot of similarities, actually, between German and Spanish football. Yes. And, and I think your point when you were saying Luis Chavez is a good fit for Spanish football, he's a very technical player. But I think what we also saw in this World Cup is Duality, he's, he's physically gifted. Yeah. He can cover a lot of ground. Six years old. That should work well, gifted, right? Lefty, which are always in demand. He can strike a ball. Uh, listen, no way Leverkusen, they're doing this if he's not. Leverkusen has Mexican history. Yep, Chicharito had a great season there. You think they're dipping back they, into the well? Uh, absolutely. You so. like this for him? I like anything that gets him out of uh, Mexican football to Europe. All right. What do you think his value is? Because remember, we said. We, I already told you. What did you say? I told you it was anywhere from uh, 8 to 10. And that Ooh. was before the free kick. Okay. Ah, no, that free kick. Woo! Uh, throw, another, another two uh, mil. throw another few million bucks on that uh, from our good friends at Bayer Leverkusen. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Football Americas. Hey, great to have uh, Pascal Camperman here. He was here. awesome. That was Why awesome. do you hate the Dicos? I literally wore a Costa Rica shirt the other day, and you're asking for people to send you one. I went out and bought one. That's how much I love Los You bought Nikos. that one? I did. I did buy it. Actually, psych, my buddy gave it to me. I can't even lie. He's a, he's a tico. Shout out Chris Castillo. Shout out Hercules Gomez. Shout, Shout out, out Caleb. Betao. For all of us here in Doha, we will see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time, live right here on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah.